What is going on, everybody? Welcome to The Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Van Aken, back from my work trips. Uh, excited to be back for a while, for, for at least like a month. I'm going to be here. We'll see if we can change that. We'll get yeah, you back yeah. on some more surprise tricks. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, that that luscious voice, that radio voice that you heard, that's Kyle Hilliard. How you doing, Kyle? Good. I. How could you leave us for so long, Alex? Why would you Talk, do that to us? I, yeah, it was, um, you know, it was hard to be away. From, I was so from upset I couldn't even be on last week. Really? That's how upset I was. Wow, it was that bad. Yeah. That and I hadn't even installed Baldur's Gate, so I didn't think I could add much to that. <laughs> That's I mean, we'll get into it, but I've been I've I've been playing Baldur's Gate. Uh but before we get into all that fun stuff, Marcus Stewart, how you doing? Hey, um I'm mad at both of you because you both left me last <laughs> week. You both sorry had some sort of like pact of ignore and avoid Marcus apparently. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. What did we stick you with Blake and Charles? Yeah, you know what? And they were great. They, mm, I, I miss them. I'm gonna. I, I wish they were here. Charles and and Blake, I got you, man. <laughs> I got y'all. Marcus, you 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 went somewhere as well though. Like you 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 went to a special place for. I saw weird, disparate Slack messages and then. Five minutes before we recorded this, you briefly mentioned going to something called Minion Land. Yeah, I um, I it, maybe the, now is this the Despicable Me minions? Yes, this is those minions. Not what other minions are there? <laughs> I don't know, but it feels like it's like ten years too late for whatever this is. Well, there's a new one. No, dude, out. minions are hot right now. Minions yeah, there's a new, there's a new one. Another one. Yeah, of course, there will always be another one. I don't believe you. And you know what's they fun took, about they took a Mario Brothers break, and then they're gonna get back to truly their big money makers, which are minions. <laughs> I think an AI just makes them at this point. Right. That's why they <laughs> just turn them out. It's like I don't know. Yeah. Have them do weird little laughs, and I don't know. Sometimes Gru is there, sometimes he's not. You know what's funny is that uh, so this is a Minion Land is a new attraction at Universal Studios. Uh, for those that don't know, I live in Orlando, so this was the easiest work trip I've ever had. Uh. <laughs> And um, they invited me to come to the, the like the big media press opening thing to ride the ride and, and sort of tour the surrounding area. Uh, this is in Universal Studios proper, um, not Islands of Adventure. It's actually, um, it, I, I believe it's what's replaced the Shrek 4D like theater thing. Have you guys ever been to Universal and, and did the Shrek 4D thing? I've never been to Universal at all. What? Anywhere. No, wait, I went to Universal Japan. That's where I, I yeah, went Yeah, you to went to Mario Super Land. Mario Land. So you... But I didn't have time to do anything else. Okay. I yeah, I think I must have I think I went when I was a child on like a family vacation, but it's been a, forever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's completely different now because they've I'm so many of the legacy rides are gone now. Um but yeah, I got to do that. A uh, fun fact, I've never seen a Despicable Me or Minions movie. Like none of them. Uh I've heard Despicable Me in particular is like pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know where they stop. I think the just... fandom for me is exhausting, but the movies themselves are pretty good. Okay. Do you, do you like the minions like sp- those movies with just them or those good too or Uh I saw the one where they like had something to do with the queen. That's the only one. The queen and of there are England? Bu- there are butt there are yes. butt cheeks. 
they were like it was funny because there's like a butt cheek joke about the minions with the row i don't i don't know very memorable there's joke. like there's like <laughs> random disparate minion lore like up in my head well that's i i actually I the one flashes of it the one that's like properly called minions that is just about the minions actually the first like 20 minutes of that movie i find really weird because it explains that the minions are like immortal beings that are just yeah like trying to become like fall under the leadership of various villains throughout history and i was like well yeah this is a weird kind of fun that idea is, that's a lot more lore I they just, go to I the know. they go to the evil villain convention right yeah yeah i yeah, did look is there it's yeah it's all it's a, it's a thing I, they mentioned villain con as a thing multiple times at my thing i, I assume that's it because there's like six villains or something like that that are like the best in the world they're all like weird and different from each other and I, maybe Groove was part that of them at some right. point. I know the Despicable Me fans are going to crucify me for not knowing the intricate lore behind <laughs> the minions and how they're apparently. I always just thought they were just like Illuminations versions of the Oompa Loompas. But well, there's, I, I a, guess... there's a poster in the original Despicable Me film. I, this is that's coming from a father who watched a lot of those movies multiple times with their young child that implies that grew like built the minions himself, but then later they retconned it all. So now they've been around for who knows. That's when, you know, it's been around for a while when they start yeah. retconning. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> They're more akin to Ubisoft's rabbits. Yeah. Like, that's what I, the they came was. after the rabbits and like, they're more well known than the rabbits, but it's like, Oh, the rabbits are first, but you know, they're only video games. And they, I guess they had that one TV show, but I think I actually like the rabbits more hot take. They got a better video hot game. Take. The Mario ones. They do. Is what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, but yeah. who knows maybe minions maybe we'll get like a minion strategy game where they cross over with the crash bandicoot who knows another platform <laughs> icon sonic so- sonic and minions kingdom battle <laughs> <laughs> i would i would not put it past the sonic team blue and yellow uh, looks good together i'll say that yeah um but yeah minion land uh the reason i was invited because i it's funny because i thought i was the only video game person there you know because it's like i didn't know what the ride was i just got invited and I was like, I guess I'll go because it's free and they gave me a free park ticket and who knows, maybe I can get something out of this. I'm working on something else related to Universal that I can't talk about. So that's kind of why I was like, maybe I can sort of like Trojan horse my way in there to get to work on that other thing. But uh, I actually ran into some other folks from like right from GameSpot. There was uh, Wait, really? Yeah. Uh, Garrett Martin from Paste Magazine was there who I haven't oh. seen or talked to in like seven years. And he remembered me immediately, and we had a pretty fun time catching up there. Uh, we actually went to like an Indiecade in like 2016, like years ago together. That was the last <laughs> time I'd cool. seen him. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, and I uh, actually uh, ran into this is a personal thing, but like Rob Keys, who's like one of the heads of Screen Rant, he was actually my boss when I was at Screen Rant, and it's the first time I've ever met him in person. Oh, and we funny. talked for about 10 minutes before we realized who each other were. Because I was like, you know, I used to write for Screen Rant. He's like, oh. Well, you probably worked for me then. And he's like, wait, you're Marcus, right? And then, and then find, like later on, we actually wound up like him and I enjoying the park together. Like once the event was through, we just went on a bunch of rides together. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fun day. But Minion Land is a new attraction that is actually a, a video game, believe it or not. Because, you know, like with uh, Super Mario Brothers, the, you know, Super Mario Land, and then, um, God, there's another ride I'm trying to think of too. But it seems like, like, attractions now are trying to become slowly more video game related like more interactive and uh you know not just arg kind of yeah and this is maybe like i haven't been to new super nintendo world yet but like from what i've read about it both from like our coverage and other people uh this ride might actually 
even be a step further in terms of like how much of a video game it is. So the idea of the hmm. ride is that it's a third person shooter, kind of like a light game thing where uh, you're, you get a gun, like a big gun and you and a bunch of people step on a conveyor belt and then you're just going around and you're just like, a, like almost like haunted, maybe not haunted house, but like fun house style where you're going and every room has like a big screen and it's just like a giant light gun where like there's a bunch of stuff happening, like minions running around. And then each screen has one of the six villains from like the whatever, whatever that yeah. like group of villains is called in Despicable yeah. Me. Like they each have their own like screen. It's like, hey, this is my world and I'm going to attack you. With the Sinister Six as they're. they're yeah, Doc Ock, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, goblins there. It's it's crazy how they did that. Um, But you're pointing your gun and you're like blasting them. But. The way it works is that you sync. Uh, so on the Universal app, uh, there's a Minionland section, and you s- make a screen name. You do everything because there's like leaderboards and stuff, and you sync uh, your phone with the gun itself to play the game, and it basically keeps track of like, okay, this is whatever you do. We're gonna keep a record of it. You have a screen name and everything, and then as you you know shoot and blast stuff, you're getting scored, and you can see the scores on the bottom of the screen in real time, and then at the end it's like here's your final score and it saves it's like global leaderboards so you're being ranked with everyone that's ever going to ride that ride and you know when you come back it saves that information so every future visit it's like oh okay this was your score last time you can try to top it if you want and uh so the i got to talk to the uh the gentleman that was like uh the lead designer behind the ride who fun fact has a background in video games his name's uh victor lugo he used to work at EA for a while here at uh, Tiberion, which is the Orlando uh, studio yeah. that's behind a lot of the sports games. But he worked there for a while. And Superman, right? Superman Returns, the video game, probably. I'm going to look this guy up. It's weird how they have that poster still in front of their buildings. They're like, that's still the thing we're known for the most. <laughs> people, <laughs> people really like doing those sonic booms in that game, which, to be fair, that was the best part. Yeah, in that yeah game. right. Uh, but... Uh, he also worked on Killer Instinct, the new Killer Instinct. Uh, I think he said, filmed me that he even did some of the motion capture as well. Um, but it's funny because when we were, after we did like the big presentation, me and another uh, writer from GameSpot, we approached him and he saw like our credentials and he's like, oh, you guys are the ones I really want to talk to because you guys <laughs> are the gamer. He's like, because he's like, you know, this is, I'm making this basically for you guys. Right. And right. You know, again, with his background in games and he's like, and I actually got to ride or do the ride with him. Um, so he's kind of like walking me through where like, yeah, you're pointing at, you know, screen shooting. There's different power-ups that you can get. Like you choose a, like you have a primary modifier, but in the beginning of the match, you pick a secondary uh, gun. So like there's a banana bombs, like the minions are really into bananas. So you can, it's like a thing you can lob and explode. Uh, I picked a pinball that shoots like that kind of ricochets across the screen to hit multiple targets. And then while you're playing, you're shooting all of these other boxes that add elemental properties to the primary fires. You're like, oh, my bullets do like electric damage or like fire damage or wind. And then you're also shooting uh, crates to get different um, like alternative firing modes. So, like I yeah. changed my pinball into like, at one point, this giant fist that just flies and just hits a bunch of things and things explode. And, you know, the screens look super nice. Like, there's so much happening in each little screen. Like, it's like a super, like, colorful and just fun looking, just, like, scene, basically. Like, every time I got to a new one, I kind of wanted to see what happened next. And then the ride has, like, all these little secrets where, like, in addition to the big screen, there's other sort of decorations that you can shoot at, like, 
in one section like physical was, like yeah statues and stuff oh, that's cool. it's like okay. stuff that you don't think is interactable but like uh he was showing me like hey if you shoot this picture that's sort of like a parody of the scream like the the painting the scream you can like i started shooting at it and then the painting sort of chipped away and then you see the actual like gameplay thing behind it of like oh you got like a hidden power up and the gun itself looks cool actually i actually have a replica of the gun uh audio listeners you're going to want to turn to the video version to see it but one of the swag boxes they gave me uh this is what it looks like albeit a little smaller no can you only just see it <laughs> oh it's the actual version is smaller yeah, like it's a, the real version is a little bigger than this one. Oh, the, okay. You have the smaller version. Okay. Yeah, like this is just a replica that they're going to sell or, or are selling now because the ride's officially open. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you can see here, but like the little node here, I'm pointing out a little node in the gun, but that's where you scan with your phone. And then that's kind of where it's like, hey, you're synced in. And then this thing glows different colors depending on what your power up currently is. And yeah, it's. Uh, it's heavier in real life. I did feel a little tired because you're kind of holding it like a, you know, like a gun for like an extended period. It might be end. I was like, oh, that, <laughs> something about that tired me out. And I'm like in shape in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like, like, I work out. So I was like, huh, I'm kind of surprised that my arm's almost tired in a weird way. But it was fun. Like I said, it, it, it's like a, just the idea of like basically turning uh, like a third person competitive shooter and like it's like the next evolution of something like time crisis or like a light gun game right um but like it's super fun for like casual people but then adding the leaderboard aspect to make it like a competitive thing for people that and also to entice you to keep coming back to be like or even just to keep going on the ride and during the same visit but like i'm gonna get a better score this time and then uh they were telling me that they want to expand it to where like there's gonna or there's gonna be seasonal events where you can get exclusive power ups and That's like wild. skins for your guns. Or like, hey, if you happen to come during the spring, there's like a power up or like a, a reward that you can only get during this time. So again, like a like a video game thing. And then I I joked around asking about like, do you see like esports competition of like you just invite <laughs> the the top scoring players to ride to ride together to see who's number one? And he's like, you joke, but I I would actually really like to do that. <laughs> so. It might get even more competitive, uh, you know, depending on how well it does. And Universal's looking at uh, other rides like this in the future. Like, you know, we are supposed to be getting Super Mario World at some point, And they're also building a fourth Universal Park in the next few years. Because, you know, the big three are this, Islands of Adventure, and um, Volcano Bay, which is the water park. They're building a fourth park that's supposed to have a um, a new Harry Potter world. I believe Super Mario will be part of that. And there, I I heard that How to Train Your Dragon is going to get, like, its own area. Really? Yeah, as sort of, like, I guess, like, another DreamWorks thing. And I forget what the other part is supposed to be. But, the, like, you know, obviously Mario will be, like, another interactive video game thing for that. But I, I they're looking at, like, doing this for more attractions. And it seems like that's going to be the way to go. Like, I, with how successful Super Nintendo World has been. And this has been... I would imagine this seems like a hit. Like, it seems a lot more fun, especially if you're an adult that might kind of, like, turn your nose up to this. It's like, oh, it's a Minions ride. It's probably for kids. But you go in, you're like, oh, no, this is actually super fun. And, again, if you're a gamer, it's, like, an added bonus. But 
I walked away like impressed with it. Like, <laughs> I think it's super cool. It's funny hearing you talk about it, like, cause you you ended up going down this path to go to Universal for like a very different reason that hopefully we'll have like in the magazine at some point in the future. And you were very, you were even hesitant. I remember in morning meetings, like, I don't know, there's this like minions thing they invited me to. And I, I think Matt Miller, editor in chief, was encouraging. Was like, yeah, just go check it out, see what it is. You know, go take your day. And and like for and people for you that to... might real quick, that'd be like, why would he not want to go to Universal? I I'm a Floridian, so it's not special to me anymore. <laughs> right. yeah, 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 like I've been a mold. I know that park inside and out, so that's why it's like, yeah, I could not go. But it just it all sounds very you like you kind of almost had to be dragged there, and then it was kind of like oh, wait, this is actually kind of cool. Like, this is much more interesting than I expected, which is fun. Yeah, we also got to eat a lot of food. Because, you know, it was, it was like, ultimately, it was for, like, the theme park press, which was, it's always fun to go to press events, like, outside of video games, because I'm so used to seeing the same people or, like, people in our circle that you're like, what do circles look like for other things? Like, when I did the Twisted Metal Junket, it's like, oh, this is, like, the general entertainment people. Like, I know a few people here from, like, name or, like, when I went to the Royal Rumble this year, it was all the wrestling journalists there that, like, at least I'm more familiar with that just as a fan of, like, oh, like, Sean Ross Sapp is here. <laughs> but, um... I honestly like that was kind of like half the fun of like who who are the theme park like people <laughs> what does that look like <laughs> who are they what are these um, weird who are these weirdos <laughs> they, and that's what I said when I introduced myself like what as you fun, should yeah what weirdo outlet do you work for um, mm-hmm. also I'm the video game guy um, <laughs> yeah, I'm normal <laughs> I'm cool and, and normal yeah but um, I have an adult job you got <laughs> yeah, to try a bunch of. Uh, food because there's like um because it's not just the ride but they open all these other sort of like despicable me slash minion shops they have like a, a bakery called bake my day which again i don't know if that's from the films or not um and then they gave us a bunch of free vouchers for like i got a a really large red velvet cake that i immediately regretted getting because it came in a box that i had to carry for most of the day oh, no. oh that sounds awful <laughs> i had uh they had <laughs> that sounds like a chore rather than i ate it treat. eventually thankfully <laughs> but um I'm looking to see if that has any Minions Red Velvet Cake, if there's any... It has a shark on it. It was like a fondant shark on top of the, like, cream cheese. Pretty good. But they had no No correlation to the Minions franchise. (laughs) I think when you cut them open, they bleed, and that's what the Red Velvet is, Mm, I think. Okay, then I would eat a Minion if it's just Red Velvet (laughs) on the inside. Uh, They would would not survive if they were under my thumb. Um, But they also had a butter... uh, Popcorn flavor, uh, flavored like banana. I learned that banana is like a big thing in Minions. I guess they like the Minions banana. themselves really like bananas. Yeah. Okay. So a lot yeah, of that was not that was things. not a sound clip, by the way. That was Alex impersonating Minions like perfectly. Yeah. He, he like, actually yeah. Uh, he has a voice credit. He's Minion number seventy three. I heard. <laughs> banana. That's like how, that's how they talk. It's just yeah. I think I've only heard them in trailers. Like uh oh. So I don't know. I know there's like a angry one. There's like a sad. Are they like main minion minions, or are they all kind of faceless? Like are they? Uh, the like main a one group? is like one of the main ones is the guy with the single eye. He was the. I took a picture with him. He was really. He looks angry. Yeah. Is that his thing? Is that he's the surly minion? I guess uh, so. they have names yeah. like Kevin and Stuart. We all know. Yeah, that. they did there's say a, there's their a tall, names. Yeah. There's a tall one that's like a long, long neck. Like a twinkie oh, horizon. <laughs> <laughs> no from from the from vine okay he's uh, probably got a, a lot of red velvet a, in him though yeah <laughs> yeah i i should know because they kept saying their names but again i was kind of zoning out for stuff oh that God. wasn't the right i was just kind of like i'm just Hold here on. um but I, i'm looking up i found a 
$120 Minions statue, limited edition, Expensive. called Minions Banana. Expensive. And it features... Oh, here it is. Here it is. The Minions are small, yellow, cylindrical creatures who have one or two eyes. They are the signature characters of the Despicable Me series. They bring much of the comedy in the film. And they are known as the scene stealers of the movie. Frequently, they speak in an incomprehensible language called Minionese, occasionally oh switching to English. Okay, and then then they specifically call out who's on the on the on the uh, statue. This time, it's Kevin, Stuart, and Bob enjoying the pile of bananas to the fullest. Is Stuart spelled S T U or S T E W? S T U. It's not my Stuart then. Oh, no, like your last unfortunately. name. Right? Yeah, I, yeah, I thought we had something in common. No. At the expense of potentially asking you a, a question you, you don't want to or can't answer yet, can you talk about the other, the video gamey food that they also served you there? Yeah, because, I mean, they okay. it was announced that they were doing this. Okay. Um, so, for if you haven't heard, uh, Halloween Horror Nights this year is going to have a, a Last of Us-themed haunted house. Uh, you know, it opens up in less than a month, September 1st, actually. Um, so while we were there, sort of the other thing they wanted to show all the press was like, hey, here's all the food that's going to be uh, served at all the haunted houses. So it was all like themed Halloween stuff. And they had Last of Us themed food, which cracked me up on Slack when you shared pictures of it, because I was like, that is not a franchise that I want to eat the food <laughs> from. Like, it is just it's not there is no appetizing food. in it's just like what like sad rash like army rations yeah like exactly, right bread that you probably found <laughs> off someone's corpse with Ugh, like a mushroom God. growing out of their skull yeah. it's a lot of like well i'm starving so i need to eat this but i'm not feeling super confident about it like yeah, that's a lot the of menu the, oh, of the last of us you know what would be the official food of the last of us if i were in charge the black and blue burger because it's like you got moldy blue cheese to represent <laughs> I like it. And then black and blue also playing to the depression of the world. True. You know, and probably like the violent, the violence too. Like a lot the of violence. people are black and blue. Yeah. World, yeah. And it's got a top with a mushroom, right? It's got to have mushroom on there. Yeah. This, uh, I think, I feel like you can get a black and blue burger with mushrooms sometimes. I eat it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what did yeah. you eat though, Marcus? Like what was the last of us stuff that you, that they had? That served so it was you? fun because like, not only did it have the food, but like all the food stands were like, like themed so like uh and i haven't seen the the live action show yet but uh, you know i'm a big fan of the games and the sort of like they had like a trading post like a crappy looking trading post that had this um like the signature dish was uh they called it left behind ravioli which in itself (laughs) is is like hilarious because when you think when i think of left behind i just kind of want to (laughs) cry because of how sad that dlc is and you're like it seems weird to That's name so like you're ravioli after Whoa, that, geez. but I mean you already have Last of the Food, so you may as well go all the way, right? And it it's it's actually it's like a like a ricotta cheese uh, ravioli, uh, some like tomato sauce, and they serve it in a in just an open large tin can, like kind of like what's the name of the like <laughs> FEMA oh, equivalent in The Last of Us? Uh, oh, Feta. Uh, fi- uh, Fight, fight. Oh, my God. F-E, it's like F-E-D something. Yeah. Uh, Fedra. 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 Okay. So, yeah. It was like a big Fedra themed, like just crappy looking tin cans. And then inside was like stacks of these ravioli. And then on top of that were uh, tempura fried mushrooms. So, it looked like mushrooms were growing out. It was like bright green. Oh, my God. It, it looked awesome. 
and then you and it was delicious it, like i that was the main thing i ate in that whole room it was like i gotta have the left behind ravioli you know yeah. so like uh, I, it, just any apocalypse fiction to have like themed food it's just such a I mean it also idea. just sounds grossly unappetizing but you said it's good though you like it, it, it was served in a can you have a picture right yeah uh, gotta, yeah maybe maybe you can give that to Lele for the thumbnail or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just but yeah I, um it was good so all funny. the food was good you know it was yeah. like it, it was I mean this is a different tangent but like Universal has always been trying to like and for a long time, like up their food gamers, like it's not like typical theme park food. I mean, whenever I go to Universal, whenever I want to eat lunch, I always go to Harry Potter three broomsticks. I think that has the best food in the park. That isn't that like um, Atlantis area that you kind of have to make a reservation for and has that sign that says they're the best theme park food in the world that's been there for like 10 years. Um, <laughs> but like, and their food we all know what you're too. talking about, Marcus. We all yeah. go to yeah. Universal. Yeah, like big Universal you fan. <laughs> you just like stream of consciousness wait, Kyle, there's a lot, of, no, prona- the a lot of proper nouns area and, and you, oh wait you haven't been since you were a kid no, right? so you I haven't been to harry potter i did world. go when i went to i went to london for a work trip many years ago to go to the set of the detective pikachu movie and okay. uh and I, I to help me stay awake and not fall asleep right when i got home like there was like a big they had all the props and sets from Harry Potter, like within like a three or four mile drive from the hotel I was at. So I just went by myself and walked around there. But that wasn't an amusement park. That was just like, hey, remember that table or that this thing a happened graveyard. in the movie? <laughs> this is the table. <laughs> we don't know what to do with this. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, everyone knows theme park heads, universal heads know that three broomsticks. Universal Scott's, heads. If you want some good, I'm, that's, I don't know if that's what they call it. I love it. it that's, well, be. that's a restaurant from Hogsmeade in the, in the fiction. You know, right, it's where right. they get butterbeer. I'm, I'm just giving also, you a hard time. Butterbeer, always got to get her. I don't drink soda. I will only drink butterbeer when I'm there. It's very good. Um, right. It's not real beer. It's, it's, it's space. It's butterbeer. You can't um, believe it's not butterbeer? Uh, yes. Is that a joke? I don't know. Just Alex. <laughs> It'd be good that if that was the diet. It's version. always a joke when you have to question it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is this something? Yeah, I don't know. You, you're the one who said it. Was it intended as a joke? Yes, Is it that a was joke? Uh, intended as a joke. But uh, you know, if you're listening to this, you you don't know what I'm talking about because Alex cut it out in post. So yeah, yeah you're probably uh, getting really good. hungry. I also <laughs> haven't mentioned the des- the dessert item for The Last of Us. They had um, bloody snowballs, <laughs> and oh, yes. I don't know if that's a reference to like. I assume everything's well, referencing more the show, but I think of the beginning of The Last of Us Two when you yeah. do the snowball tutorial thing, uh, where it's pretty much a like a and you round hit a top. child in the face so hard that there's ah, blood exactly. all over. <laughs> and uh, there's a it's like a round chocolate cake. It's got buttercream and then like coconut and then I can't believe it's like, not buttercream. So it, <laughs> God damn it! Stop this. <laughs> You're on. You something. We can't let I'm him stuck in a loop. With this. You're on thin, bloody ice, oh, no. Kyle. Oh boy, one snowball and you're going through. Uh, it's also got some yeah. red stuff that's supposed to be blood. I, I don't know what it's. Maybe like some jam or something. But it was very like okay. like blood steamy. They had they served in a little like cooler, like an actual like cooler. It, it was kind of like camping theme. That's so funny. I really don't like this. Uh, it sounds. I didn't get to try bad. one of those, but um, it looked good. I mean, oh, you all didn't the try stuff one of those. Is, okay. Yeah, I already had my like sweets fill. I had a lot of sweets, guys. Yeah, I had a, a I had a minion red velvet cake. <laughs> and I had a Yeah. I had a minion popsicle. It was like um uh, it was a popsicle shaped like a minion, but it was blue ice cream flavored like banana and then the shell was white chocolate. It was very good. That does sound good. Oh, okay. 
yeah. it's very confusing on the eyes because you see blue, but it tastes like banana. So your brain's like, what are you, what's yeah. happening here? I prefer their um, food yeah. descriptions that don't, again, use apocalypse fiction as their source of inspiration. You know, like fungus growing out of the top of a can of ravioli. <laughs> yeah. And blood on that tempura mushrooms are really good. I wanted to I ask, like, can I just it. get more of that, please? Like, just the, because it goes well with the. Now I'm getting hungry. I haven't had lunch yet. And I'm remembering how all the, like the food, all the food I had. And they were really going out of their way to feed us. They're like, hey, save room. We're going to another thing. Because we went to the Despicable Me Cafe. And we had to try all their like menu items, which honestly. Did they have any like denim blue jean flavored <laughs> uh, like <laughs> recipes for, for Despicable Me? They had an amazing grilled cheese. It was like a grilled cheese coming served with like a green tomato soup. And uh, it was fantastic. It was, I, I forgot what was in the grilled cheese besides cheese. Like you mean a a, a, uh, a grued cheese? They might have honestly called it that. I don't remember the name, but that seems like you should probably be part of R and D up there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know you had the black and blue burger. You got grued cheese. Yeah, You're on yep. top they had a salmon that can, it was like the most colorful dish that if you looked at it, you probably want to puke because it looks like fake food, like a Fisher Price like toy set. Where That's always a good sign. It was coconut rice, okay? But it's like fluorescent blue. Like denim blue uh, coconut rice. You got a nice grilled piece of salmon with that, right? You got some, uh, I think it was lima beans, like bright green in there. So you got the bright green with the bright blue and then the pink salmon. And then it came with like a chili sauce that came in like a... Um, uh, what do you call it? It's, it's, it? it's like in a little squeezy, but it's supposed to look like a science, like... You know, like syringe, like or uh, not quite a like syringe, a but you know, like a vial that you squeeze, yeah, kind of like playing into like the science aspect of Gru. So, like, the chili sauce was in there, so you squeeze it over the salmon to eat it, and it's just like it's just like a rainbow on your plate. And again, it looks all like it's fake because of how just brightly colored it is, but it was fantastic to the point where I, I was eating with some of the other game journals, and I was like, you know. I've always said that Harry Potter had the best food, but surprisingly, I think Minions might be. <laughs> I hate this. It might give it a run because I had some. There was like they had like sliders, like pork sliders that were good. They had a fried cauliflower that was fantastic. Like I mentioned, that grilled cheese. Like I was like, I would come to the Minion Cafe if all the food is this good. So there you go. All right. Well, now we've got the scoop on the Minion Land, Life in Minion Land, and it's, I think that's it's really the episode. Now. The episode title. Life in Minion Land. Yeah, I was I almost thought of One Day at Minion Land, kind of like a reference to the Goosebumps mm. book, One Day at Horrorland. Oh, yeah, I remember that. One of my we could also title, title the episode Left Behind Ravioli Review. <laughs> uh, Left Behind <laughs> at Minion like Land. That. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it, it's open now. You can go to Minion Land. You can have fun. And then also, you know, real quick, I got to, they gave us a free park pass to, between both parks after, because the, the whole thing wrapped up around like 2 p.m., so then they were like, yeah, do what you want. So I got to ride a bunch of stuff. You know, all the stuff I've been on before, but got to do it again. Buffer free. Hey, <laughs> Velocicoaster, if you get me going to Velocicoaster, which I rode twice because that ride is fantastic. It's my favorite ride between both parks. So much fun. And Jurassic Park, amazing roller coaster. So f- it's so fast. It feels like you're floating on air. It's I if you're a roller coaster guy and you haven't ridden it, you got you gotta do it. My favorite roller coaster was the Great Bear at Hershey Park. Oh, I've never been to Hershey Park. Yeah, that was a good ride. The Great Bear. Now was it uh referencing the FX series, the bear? But like No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was um it was built in the seventies, probably. Oh, man, and that's they just probably... called it the Great Bear. Gotcha. I'm watching yeah. uh GoPro footage of the Jurassic Park 
Velocir coaster Marcus. And this is basically I get it now, you know. I I I've basically written it. Yeah. <laughs> are you guys are you a roller coaster person, Kyle? No, 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 not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Depending I've, on my mood I am. Okay, I'm the ultimate. Ooh. Sometimes my mood is scared and I don't do it. <laughs> but, my uh, mood today is frightened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this goes other up high. Now I'm going down. Well, if you come with me, you're going on because that's just like part of the social contract of going to theme parks with me is like we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. I'll be brave. My mom used to drag me on them as a kid and uh, she dragged me on the scary ones. And so I have I have some I have some some trauma, some roller coaster trauma. Marks. I don't think if bad ever happened, right? I got lost. How do you get lost on, on the roller coaster? I was the kid who got lost at the theme park. Oh, uh, where they call your name on the intercom? Like, Alex yeah, Bennett, can you please come yeah. get your child? I was terrified. I've I never yeah. had a theme park, but I heard my name called over some some intercoms at Walmarts and Targets uh, <laughs> in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Wolf. The well, most embarrassing thing that can ever happen to you, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's get into some video game talk. Um, some more, some more video game talk. Since that minion's right is apparently one. All I've been playing for the last two weeks, week, week, week. Baldur's Gate three. I know. I, I think it's been talked to death on this show so far, but I don't care. Uh, the game is incredible. It's it. it it's up there. It's either going to be this or Tears of the Kingdom for my game of the year. Mm. Um, they're pretty different, right? I mean, if they're very to, different, yeah. and I I love Tears of the Kingdom, but Baldur's Gate is really doing something. How many cars um, have you made in Baldur's Gate? Zero, mm. zero. That's so, so it so we can't do everything. Yeah. Huh? That's all I hear about the game is that he can do everything, but <laughs> not. yeah, yeah. There's no Ultra Hand. There is a Mage Hand though. <laughs> that, I was gonna say Mage Hand is kind of. It's Ultra Hand's yeah. cousin. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like summoning my my mage hand and like going into tiny holes to see what's in the hole. Does it look as creepy as a? Whenever I play D and D sessions, I always envisioned it as like a kind of creepy looking, like, perf- like move. I guess. No, it just like someone's like a, a floating blue hand. Yeah, kind of like the hand from the Adams Family, but like floating thing. in blue. Right, that's yeah. his name, right? Yeah. Thing? Not, not to be the thing, not to be confused with Ben Grimm. <laughs> yeah. Um so it, it, I I love the game. Um I feel like my Steam uh playtime is like stuck. It hasn't updated in a while. So I think I'm somewhere around like the 20 hour mark uh, in terms of playtime. Uh I've cleared out almost all of the first area, uh like all the side quests and everything. I'm stuck on this uh people know the tea house in in Baldur's Gate 3 um where the there's a certain lady that lives there hmm. at the tea house and i am currently stuck at the last encounter uh in that area and then i think that's going to level me up to where i can uh reasonably leave and go to the next the next uh main area are you playing as a good person uh yeah for the most part um i think so i think i'm a i'm a stern a good person like I, I stick up for my friends even if it's always not maybe the moral choice i'm a loyal person okay but most of the time i i try to go for the the moral route a real so like uh, if you're steward from minions kind of person yeah. yeah exactly yeah and somewhere in between Stuart and bob right okay now on, i on the say no more you understand say less. yeah i can bright yellow skin your character has <laughs> yeah 
I'm playing as a half orc wizard. I think I said that on one of the episodes I was on. Um, I think like when the game had first come out or something. Um, but uh, dude, the game is just so good. I'm I'm loving it. I love the companions, the writing, uh, which I don't think I talked about previously. The writing is really compelling. Um, there's a lot of of complex characters that. I think I have romanced maybe a bad person, uh, and I'm finding that out. Um, oh, like that, that, no. that, that revelation is like... It's like uh, when you go on a one date and they have a problematic political opinion you weren't aware of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, but like at this point, you've already like, you know, hitched your, your, your horse to this wagon oh, in a way. I didn't know you believe in this. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, I thought you, I didn't, I thought that was a joke. Wait, can you say I what didn't... it is? That's the problem. Is it a spoiler? Oh, uh, just the character shadow heart. I've heard. She's, of... I mean, if you've talked to shadow heart, like twice, you know that she's a complex character and like, I don't know where it's going to shake out. And I'm worried. I saw, I, did you see the, uh, cause I wrote a new story on it. The stats that they share from the first weekend of like, yeah. So like, I was going to say like, apparently she's like the most romanced option, at least of that first. Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. She's like she the is. first probably romanceable option. I I think right. Pretty early on. Uh, there's a uh, Lazel, the, okay. uh, Yankee warrior i just I, uh she's she's got the hots for you for i just early, always huh? take those stats stories with like a grain of salt like i just don't they don't really sell me on anything frankly because <laughs> it's like <laughs> you could you, you could take any element of any game practically and and you could add a big number to it you know like even yeah, yeah i like when they're sense? like 1500 years have been yeah. played and like character okay players jumped 50 billion times in in like this is a platformer like yeah like a lot of people are gonna press the jump button but uh <laughs> I yeah that's either like, here nor there i just those stories Kyle, are always like uh, a little big big hater of basic math exactly yeah <laughs> arithmetic get out of here so i'm i'm invested in the the shadow heart drama now so like are we yeah are you are you like planning your exit interview with her already or is no like, are you gonna give no. her some time to redeem herself i'm well yeah like without getting into specifics like i I'm not saying this isn't a big revel. Like I, yeah, I spill some tea. Answer. Al, I want to know all about this. <laughs> I just feel like she seemed like an emo girl. And I think she might be um, more um, problematic than I thought. And like, maybe, maybe, maybe she wasn't just emo. Maybe there's like, evil there oh, yeah there's but, a difference in evil and emo. There's a line. I, to be clear, yeah. I'm, I, I don't think she's evil. I don't think they would make a, a main companion like i mean maybe i don't know mm, it's like D. yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> can, I, um, can i ask almost... i think she's just like a problematic fave is where it's coming down to mm. it's like man i really like you but you got some messed up thoughts are you treating her like a fixer-upper yeah yeah. <laughs> you can make her better you can show her can the light her. <laughs> yeah exactly i'm like and that, is that good does that make you a good person <laughs> yeah uh, no it definitely doesn't i feel like it makes me like maybe a manipulator yeah, except her know. for evil except <laughs> her maybe for i am evil. playing an evil evil playthrough because i'm i'm trying to change the person who I, i'm uh i'm romancing Listen, if she's into just... burning down orphanages you just gotta accept that that's what you signed up for yeah yeah, yeah exactly i was curious if you could kind of because i've been hearing a lot of people talk about this game and i've watched a good bit of gameplay uh, like my, my wife started playing it and i, I do look at it and i'm like eh, I, I just i don't think this is a kyle game but like what what it's like if you zoom out and you're like is mm -hmm. it is it the sort of open-endedness of the narrative is that kind of the thing that's hooking you in or is it like the combat or is it the world like 
like simplified like what is it that it's like pulling you in so much before you answer that alex uh, kyle have you ever played D at all no no i haven't never i'm gonna say that's kind of like one like important baseline that of course at least yeah. for like establishing the appeal of like how like you said open-ended and like just creative you can get with solutions so. yeah i like getting creative with solutions what i don't love just on like again this is not to dismiss anyone's yeah. appreciation. And I have not played the game yet either, by the way. I just I, like, I plan to. I just haven't. I'm not a big like I had I ran into the same thing with the Marvel XCOM game earlier. Oh, Midnight Suns. Midnight Suns, where it's like, I just don't want to be like controlling a team of people and selecting from menus. It's like certain games really Then cut, I don't think this is for Right. You. Like certain <laughs> games just cut through that for some reason and really appeal to me. Like one that I'm playing right now that I'm reviewing, I'll talk about soon on this show. Um, where it's like an okay. RPG, but like some yeah. in some instances, like I look at Baldur's Gate, I'm like I don't think that's gonna click for me, but I need to give it a try. I really, but so that's why I kind of want to hear do. the zoomed out version from someone who's really loving it. Zoomed out version from somebody really loving it, who who traditionally always wants to get into CRPGs, but they're always too daunting for me sure. to get far. This one, I think it's a combination of. There's a really, uh, it's a strong opening. I think I mentioned that last time I was on the show. Um, that instantly, you've got that that kind of, uh, not quite a MacGuffin, but like you've got the, this this very interesting problem that you have to solve quickly. It's like stakes. Um, kind of. There are yeah. stakes okay. from the very get-go. I like stakes. And it also, I mean, it starts off like with, I don't think this is, a, the game's been in early access for three years. It's in the trailers. It's like, the mind flayers are like the, the core enemy in this game. Mm. And they're all about like uh, infecting people's brains and like brainwashing them. And you find yourself at the beginning of the game that you are a victim of that. And you are working with a crew of people who are similarly affected and trying to uh, find a cure before it's too late. That's like the main, the main, um, you know, goal of the game. And, where it is so gameplay wise yeah you are assembling a party and you can the party is of four four people that you fully customize if you'd like you could also let them kind of i think there's some auto select kind of features but um yeah full party where you are okay i want this character to like Maybe they start off as like a spellcaster, but I can I can kind of form them to be a tank over time, and I can really kind of min max if I want, or or get weird with like their powers and such. Like their power, it's it's an RPG in that way. It's a turn based RPG, um, tactical turn based RPG. Um, in terms of its combat, there's a lot of there is some XCOM elements. Like, um, you know, it's pretty it's pretty difficult. There aren't. Um, you know, there's, there's oftentimes you will miss your shots, that kind of thing. It's, it's it reminds me a lot of XCOM in that way, but the depth is, is, uh, goes much further. Um, your combat could be interrupted by conversation with the right permutations and you could actually end up halfway through the fight, uh, talking your way out of something. I am saying, have we, I don't know if it's gone out yet. Is it possible to even beat this game without getting into combat at all? If you like were like really charismatic could you talk your way out of almost every conflict if you really i don't know maybe like with stealth self and charisma you might i don't know i know i just like talked my my way out of a fight that would have surely killed me uh last night um there was like this big uh dude with a dragon and he was dead set on on killing me 
And then I used, he tried to, he was trying to get information out of me by using detect thoughts and other characters wouldn't know what he wouldn't know that, but I'm a wizard. And so I could use my wizard abilities as a prompt. Like it's a totally, it's like another, you know, dialogue tree option, kind of like a Bioware game, right? You have, you have, you know, your expertise, right? That opens up new dialogue options. But in this, your expertise opens up not just dialogue options, but whole new scenarios. And I was able to steal my mind using, because I'm a wizard, I was able to steal my mind with my own familiarity with detect thoughts. And then I Uno reversed him and (laughs) I used detect thoughts on him. And, but it was contingent on a skill check, which is you're rolling the die. Right. And based on your companion, some, I have a companion who gives me one additional D four on my rolls. And so I barely scrape by by the skin of my teeth and I used detect thoughts on this guy and he, and his inner monologue was essentially, uh, this guy isn't even worth my, worth my time to kill. Um, if he had even a, a smidgen of usefulness, I would just like move on because it's not worth my time. Right. And so that kind of gave me the, uh, in my next, my next set of options, some of those options would end up in a massive fight with his dragon that I would have surely just wiped my team. Right. Okay. Um, but instead, and it, and it depends, are you, are you a save scummer? Like I, it kind of depends on your place. Now be careful right? how you I'm, answer that question. Cause the internet has thoughts about that. Oh, I know. I know. If you weren't a safe scummer though, like they could kill your party members and like potentially like actually kill them. I believe. I I kind of go back and forth on save scumming, um, so I'm not gonna I'm gonna save my opinion on that okay. because my I'm opinion undecided. is let people play games the way they want to play games. And it's not yeah. that serious. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, for sure. But like my personal play style, I I enjoy the aspect, the stakes of not save scumming, but the convenience kind of wins out often. Anyways, instead of getting into this big fight, I had my 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 wizard's intuition, my detect thoughts, all of that knowledge helped me pick a choice that uh, essentially turned into a new side quest where he's having me chase after, um, you know, a certain, a certain type of uh, creature to help him out. And that got me out of the scenario and got me, I got to move past him and I don't ever have to complete that side quest. Like I was just deceiving him, but the game gave me a side quest that if I, I could choose to, to help him now, and I might be betraying the trust of somebody in my party. Like that's a whole new scenario I could do. Um, and so like, it really comes down to these minute decisions based on the character that you're role playing as that just totally branch into, again, it's not just, you're not just unlocking new dialogue for characters. You're unlocking totally new paths, content that nobody might, nobody else might ever see. Um, and that's really the allure of this game is that it's the sure, it's the like sheer grandeur of it all. Um, and just like the that, open-endedness, right? That's like the hook. Yeah. Is like I, my story is very unique to me. That's kind of like the, what's exactly. And in. typically okay. in games that doesn't necessarily hook me. Like it does. If it's like talking about emergent gameplay, right? Like, in Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, that is a very large portion of that experience that I love. But that's more so like, right, like moments in between the main set points that everyone else is going to 
experience, right? And Baldur's Gate so far, like there are major choices um, constantly. And sometimes you don't know that they're major choices, but like, you know, these little, these little threads butterfly effect into these larger narratives and you could, it's, it's just really impressive and has really sparked my curiosity. It, it also helps. I really love tactical turn-based combat um, and like dealing. There's a lot of like environmental stuff you can do. Like there's physics, like, okay, if I put down uh, like a spider web as an ability, I can set that on fire. And then now anybody who was touching the spider web is now like a, uh, 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 threads of fire and now they've got that effect on them and maybe I'm in fire now but I can use my my water abilities to ca- to make it rain and then now there's like steam and stuff like that um, it's, it's that it's that sort of game like if you're looking for depth in combat depth in characterization uh, and, and customization and scenarios that's really the allure of this game and there's a lot of the game that I'm still learning I'm uh, I'm not, I, I've played D and D in the past, but I'm not like a big nerd for it. And so, um, there's a lot of mechanics I'm still learning and a lot of, um, like, Oh, vi- Oh, I didn't know this character. I would have had it such an easier time if I knew that this kind of creature, uh, was, was resistant to this cer- certain damage. Right. Whereas it's interesting. I've seen threads on Twitter where people who do know D and D who don't really, maybe not necessarily even play these kind of games, they can use their knowledge that they've accumulated and they are like winning fights easy because they're like, Oh, radiant damage. I should use that on undead or this kind of damage. Oh, that. And, and these are all things that you can learn uh, in the game through either conversations or examining creatures or artifacts. Um, Yeah. I think the, the, the whole pool is, it's just huge in every way. And there are also there, but that doesn't mean that there aren't these like really, cool little moments that happen and these emergent moments of gameplay and yeah. And story. It's, it's just, it's really cool. I, I uh, really love it. And I was, I wasn't sure if I would, to be honest. Um, and you're playing on steam deck primarily, right? And it's doing okay there. Or... No, I'm primarily, primarily okay. playing on PC, but okay. I did. Yeah. When I was in uh, France on a recent work trip, I took my steam deck there and it's it's definitely um it's serviceable i think okay at best that's that's a polite way to say it. <laughs> it's i mean the game is really you beautiful can play and yeah. it's really intensive on like gpus and so i got it like run I'm, i think i'm gonna do a video on it uh maybe but like i after a, a lot of tweaking i got it to like where i could have a reasonable like 30 frames sometimes it would drop to 25 on like lowish settings. Um, and it was enough to like, I, I did some, a little bit of story stuff. I worked on my characters a bit, uh, that kind of thing. But I was, I was definitely waiting to get back to my computer to really progress the main narrative because I, they have like some really great, uh, cinematics and, and cutscenes and such. Yeah. I, I, I need to start it. Yeah. You could so you could show it to strangers and have them help you with choices. It's a good <laughs> trade off, right? I, one thing that I would love to do for Game Informer is we could also play it co-op on like yeah, a, have you a, done a, that yet? an ongoing no on a, we could have like an ongoing series where we just have our own campaign going. I would love that because we've get up to antics. We've joked around about that even before our time. I've heard this was a thing of like doing a GI D and D campaign with like Matt. Miller I mean, yeah, that's stuff, what this would like be. Just yeah. this would be the closest thing to like finally 
fulfilling that uh that sort of like wish yeah. list item. Yeah. Um, no, I got so, yeah. to um Marcus is going to be out of town for replay on Friday. Maybe I just play Baldur's Gate three Ooh. <laughs> yeah, just as yeah. my first time yeah just dive in there yeah. see what you, it, uh, have they said if there's going to be cross play with ps5 and pc like once I that don't version know. comes out next month that seems tough I, man that seems like because it's not like you know Fortnite where it's like an instance of everyone gets together and like i don't know it seems like it'll be tough and i say that as someone yeah. who doesn't know the technical specifications of it will almost certainly be the version i play like just because i don't want to sit at my computer for like a hundred hours you know what i mean <laughs> so. doing that anyway for work why do it for play exactly yeah so um i'm, I'm trying to find an answer um, pretty cool if it was though yeah i mean it's only the especially like it's only those platforms because you know we don't know if it's coming to xbox i think they said they're working on it but they're trying to figure out well i bet according they're working to... on it now <laughs> if they I, weren't I, before according they, to Dexerto. i sent some some intense emails a couple weeks ago and been like uh apparently this is uh gonna be the biggest game of the year so let's can we there, hear this a lot i think the reason was something like something about the series x or series s apparently getting in the way of like things working properly because you know everything oh, that weird. comes out okay. on xbox has to run yeah. <laughs> on has, has that parody on both and i think they had put out a post basically saying like the series s version is wider as a hold up uh yeah yeah so they're trying to uh, it looks that. like there is not cross play by the way unfortunately okay but, i guess that makes um, sense but at least not right now right but but yeah so every, but, you just, dude you gotta start a new character on ps5 sorry i'm just gonna <laughs> yeah yeah well you can maybe convince me uh, if i got a copy <laughs> um i i definitely think it's a it's a it's better as mouse and keyboard game um but i was playing on the steam deck with like what i assume is going to be the console controls and I could I could see that totally being like a reasonable way to play it. I think it's a bit awkward and clunky in some areas when like you're trying to target something. Uh, but you can always like there's an option just to hold down the left stick, and it turns into just like a mouse cursor where your character doesn't move when you press the stick forward, and instead it becomes like a kind of a slower RTS kind of thing. I assume that. I mean, I don't know if they've ever talked about this my assumption was because they're separating both versions that maybe the ps5 version will have like specialized control like it'll be reworked in some way because it will only be on console yeah i wonder if it'll be kind of like how diablo does it right uh, in terms of and and based on what i felt on the steam deck it is closer to that i would say um obviously it's it's not an action game so it's different but in terms of like instead of you know left clicking to get around like you do on pc and diablo you know, you push the stick forward and your character moves. That's how it works in, in Baldur's Gate 3. But I think it still, like I said, gets into some awkward scenarios where you kind of want to be far away from the thing that you're targeting. And so you have to go into that like weird like mouse mode that just never feels quite right on a controller. Um, but you can definitely play the game that like, way. Just use your finger on the touchpad. That feels comfortable, right? But real quick, just because I was uh, curious, uh, Larian, developer Larian's director of publishing back in uh july or back in july so not too long ago uh we've said this many times in the past the issue is getting split screen working on a series s that's what it was yeah. which is taking more time but is in progress so that so you're right marcus it is it was a specific element of a series s but i guess it's on the way i mean that, that yeah i imagine it's yeah they yeah you, you mentioned marcus i imagine microsoft has a clause that like you have to get it running on both yeah, uh, undoubtedly. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that's the thing that some developers have been complaining about in the last year or so, right? 
of like oh we have to make yeah. everything work for this thing this this less powerful version and that's kind of a problem yeah you you'd think in theory it wouldn't be much different from like you know getting something to run on a lower powered pc versus a high-end pc but i'm sure i'm sure it's complicated yeah i think it's trickier when you're making a, a current gen only game like if you're doing it for last that's gen fair. two then it's like well we're already making it for old machines but you're like no i i really want this to just be for ps5 and series x but yeah, also it has fair. to run on series s because yeah. of that rule that's fair that's totally fair uh kyle you've been playing vampire survivors on switch a little bit yeah how is it it's good it's really good like surprisingly good oh okay. like it, which is like maybe a weird thing to say about vampire survivors we know exactly what to expect with that game at this point it's been out for a while yeah. it's great on every platform it's been on uh even iphone i think people seem to be really impressed with the ios version as well shay shay was playing that on our sonic superstars cover trip next to me um on his little sicko iphone (laughs) but uh i I have an iphone but vampire survivors i'd much rather play on switch i would think well that was the thing i i was like i just pessimistically thought the switch version might struggle uh because the switch version is always a downgrade compared to other consoles just because that's the nature of the platform it's not as powerful but you have the benefit of it like being you know the lightest handheld platform and it's got nintendo games and stuff but um yeah yeah i there's a new game play today on the site now uh that shows like a run that where i hit 30 minutes right like i i played enough to get like in a full run and there was like no slowdown or visual issues at all like it does not feel like a downgrade at all in the slightest uh looks great plays great uh so that's like if if you haven't played vampire survivors or maybe you have like switch version is like the way to go like it feels great on switch it looks great on switch it plays great on switch and it's on switch which is the best handheld platform <laughs> you know like yeah. i i played i primarily played the game on steam deck and i really liked it there but I will absolutely move over to Switch to play moving forward just because it's the better, it's the like easier to hold console. Like having Vampire Survivors on my Switch Lite is a is a dream. So I was I was very impressed with it. And then I played like one round of co-op, and that's cool too. Like we did I did two player co-op and it's it's pretty straightforward. It just feels kind of arcadey almost, where it's like, yeah, add a controller and you can add another player. And then you you each pick your survivor. And the way it works is you share your uh, experience like so the, you know you're not fighting over the gems on the field you both share the experience bar and then every time you level up it switches back and forth about who gets to pick okay you know a new upgrade and then your inventory of weapons is a little is smaller so you could you're kind of still working with the same amount of weapons if that makes sense um, okay yeah but uh it it seems well considered you know i was kind of i thought maybe Going into co-op Vampire Survivors, it would just be like, oh, you're just playing Vampire Survivors at the same time. You're kind of both doing your own thing, which is like fun. But I didn't. I kind of had low expectations for it. But it was pretty quick. Uh, playing with my my uh, my kiddo, that we were like strategizing. Like I had the garlic, and so she was trying to stay near me to take advantage of my garlic yeah. while she was doing the whips and stuff. And I was like, oh, there's there's more strategy here than I expected. And you can also save your partner if they die and stuff like that. So. I I overall very impressed, and maybe that's on me for being pessimistic about the Switch version. I just I thought it would it would just be like, oh yeah, Vampire Survivors is great. The Switch version is fine. Play it there, you know, it's fine. But it like at this point, it feels like this is like 
100% the way to play. It is totally comparable to every other platform. There's no uh, negative, as far as I can see, for the Switch version. Maybe there's something there uh, for people who play it longer. But I, I was really impressed with it. Uh, play it play it on Switch if you haven't. It's five bucks. Yeah, I'm so psyched because I, I don't have a Steam Deck. And ever since this game came out, because I, I played the crap out of it on PC and, and on Xbox. I, I love the game, but I've, I've wanted a Switch version since the beginning yeah uh, <laughs> the first time you play this game it's like that indefinable thing where you're like oh this would be great on switch and if someone exactly. corners you and they're like why you're like i don't know it just would be <laughs> it's, it's just a yeah. it's just a vibe man yeah okay. yeah. Uh, yeah exactly but like um it almost feels like this game could like have some like nintendo specific features like when i think of like amiibo support like if they're a funny joke would be if you use the castlevania amiibos and it did something you know like you scan because i have a simon belmont and i'm almost yeah. tempted to just try it anyway to be like this game would hide some like secret thing that he wouldn't advertise with that you know God. you know like because like there's always the thing with like miyamoto is like i don't get the sense that he plays a lot of other video games right like i don't think miyamoto is playing a lot of video games in his free time didn't he play vampire survivors am i making that up i don't know that's the thing like occasionally something will cut through and he'll be you'll see him talk about it or something the biggest example being crypt of the necro dancer right right where it was like he really liked that game and that's what led to the hyrule crypt of the necro dancer spinoff who's a cadence of hyrule right yeah which i I love that game and I could totally, or, or like uh, Puzzle and Dragons was another one that got like a Nintendo sort of adaptation because folks at Nintendo, I could see Vampire Survivors being one of those because it's so simple and immediately fun that if you could just get it in front of Miyamoto, I bet he would be like, hey, let's put a, uh, let's get Samus in here, you know, or something. Let's get Link in here. Yeah. And I'd be like, yes, please. I'll, I, yeah, absolutely. Is that really how it takes? Like, if he played more <laughs> video games, we'd have way more Nintendo across. Like, if he got his hands on, like, Gears of War, he'd be like, please. Pretty good. Let's get the Mario crew I mean, in there. Like, we need a third-person cover shooter. <laughs> if there's anyone in the video game industry that could just be like, oh, I played that. That was pretty fun. Can we do something with that? Like, what developer wouldn't be like, Miyamoto's calling? What can we do? What can we do yeah. tomorrow? <laughs> I feel like there's a list of games I would put in front of them just so we can get the Nintendo. I would like to see the immersive sim from yeah. Nintendo. Like, just give them Dishonored oh. and say, like, make a Zelda like this. <laughs> I would give him scorn. What do you think of scorn, Miyamoto? What do you think of this? Can we get some Metroid in here, maybe? No, nah, he's going to be like, I think this will be great for uh, Donkey Kong. <laughs> like, just fleshy bananas everywhere. Oh, Skin, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to put Ness Skinless monkey. Ness from Ness and Lucas. <laughs> yeah. Earthbound could probably get away with it. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Earthbound, awesome. not spoiler alert, it does end on like an alien ship. <laughs> that is modeled after human anatomy. Uh, Google it. I won't go into too much detail about it. Oh, wow. All right. Well, um, before we... I, I, I heard there's some talk about uh, some TMNT oh, movie right. discussion. <laughs> but I'm personally curious. Um, you two played Atlas Fallen, which is a game um, that I feel like is maybe going to fly under the radar amidst all is. these bigger releases. It is. Yeah. yeah. Not no fault yeah, of the game. I wasn't itself. gonna say that, but. but I mean, I don't mean that as it sounded more negative than I meant to. But I mean, this year is insane. Like, yeah, it's it's just gonna be one of those culty games, you know, that just so it's a, yeah, it's an action RPG. Yeah. 
uh focus entertainment is publishing it deck 13 uh who i believe worked on like chained echoes maybe well no they published that did they publish um, Echoes? they, okay. they, they worked, worked on the surge right the surge games and the original okay. wars of the fallen oh, okay. yeah which is the only game from them that I've finished. Uh, I think I played a little bit of the first Surge. Uh, I remember hearing that the Surge 2 was apparently pretty pretty solid, like pretty good. Yeah, um, I had heard that too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like like a, like a in an age where like the middle class developer doesn't really exist anymore, I feel like they're one of the few out there of like just good middle of the road B tier developer, right? Like yeah. Yeah. decent games. Which which kind of rolls in i don't know how you felt about it i think we played about the same amount marcus but that was kind of my feeling with atlas fallen from what i played which is like two three hours or something where i was like this is definitely sub triple a this is like a double a game but there's like it it's interesting right it feels pretty good uh moving around and there's like there's some interesting hooks in the story even if the performances are kind of underwhelming you know it's like a lot of those things i kind of liked with some asterisks i don't know how did how did you feel about it marcus so i uh i streamed the first two hours on our twitch channel last week you can check out the archive there it's funny you said interesting plot points i remember distinctly uh some infuriating plot points in that intro (laughs) of just your character just making some very questionable uh dare i say stupid decisions when you're because you like the idea is he plays this like slave basically and uh you come across this like magical gauntlet that has a soul in it. Also, uh, this is yet another in, in the year of our Lord, 2023 of like talking gauntlet like game. With- like, you know, we had forspoken, we had atomic yeah. heart. And now, and I said that on stream, like, is this another like sidekick inside of your glove? Game? I mean, especially forspoken because the big hook arguably of Atlas fallen is like interesting world navigation. Like you slide mm-hmm. around on the sand which is like that that was Forspoken's big selling point was like hey it's cool to move around you know yeah it's uh but like god uh, not to spoil the in beginning but man your character like when you first get that glove the scene that just made me like go over the edge is like she brings it back to her like she gets the glove right and the whole time before this she's like you do like a mini like powwow with your your fellow slaves you're like hey we're gonna we're gonna overthrow these guys right like we're gonna get out of here like they're planning an escape basically and everyone's on board right like you have to go talk to everyone and get their like you're on board okay we're doing this and then you confront the the like leader and then you're the only one speaking for everyone and then you end up getting like punished by like hey you got to go out and bring me this artifact no one in your team speaks up for you at all even though you just had a conversation <laughs> of like hey we're, we're all in right like we're doing this and then the moment you're singled out they're just like quiet like like back me up guys and like i'm getting sent possibly to my death to run this errand and then you find this glove you immediately find out that it's got like all these superpowers and she's like wow we could use this to save the village and you're like yeah you could free all your friends absolutely the moment you get back to camp the guy sees you wearing it the 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 head douche and he's like oh yeah give me that and then he just takes it without resistance. Like she doesn't even try <laughs> to stop him. Like like she just killed like f- ten things with her new like sand powers. Because you have like sand powers in this game. But like this guy just walks up and goes like, "This is mine now," and she hey, does nothing. And then you have to do a whole rescue mission of like, "Well, I got to recover it back." It's like you shouldn't have let that happen in the first place. <laughs> and then what's even weirder is that later on someone else tries to take your glove and you're. Mr. Voice inside the glove is like, 
don't let them take me. Like he actually does something. And it's like, why were you so quiet the first time when <laughs> you got taken? Why, <laughs> why do you care? I don't know. Just weird storytelling stuff like that in the beginning. I was like, what are we, what are we doing here? Like, I already don't like my character because apparently they're an idiot. <laughs> but... Oh, that's the best kind of character. Yeah. I, I guess. Just like me. <laughs> <laughs> Just weirdly passive. Um, Yeah. It's, it's a game that like it plays fine. Like everything I kind of sum up is like good enough, I guess. Okay. Like, yeah, fine. It could definitely be better. Like you've played better versions of like the combat in other games. Cause it's like, it's definitely people are asking me in the stream of like, is this another souls? Like, cause that's kind of all they've done. Like the surge and Lords of the fallen are pretty much souls. Likes this one definitely isn't. It's a no. lot more of just sort of like an open world, like, action game like the combat feels a little deliberate but it's not soulsy like you're not managing stamina or anything like that um you have this like shape-shifting weapon that can you unlock different forms like a hammer and like an axe and stuff like uh, a scythe i think you get later on and then um you're kind of augmenting those abilities by collecting these um these like perks where you're like hey you know your hammer can like I don't know, you can charge it up now and it can like really do some damage. Or I'm trying to remember some of the other perks, but like customization is kind of like the big thing of like you see all these different nodes of like, oh yeah, you can really get wild mixing up the properties of your weapons and have them do different things, which seems cool to be able to sort of like tailor your sort of like offense like that for I guess different situations. The world itself looks again fine, not like amazing, but it looks decent. Like the sand looks pretty good. I feel like uh like, what do you guys think is still has the best video game stand? Because I, I still think Journey kind of takes that, and then maybe Uncharted yeah. Three right under that. I have okay. never played Journey. Journey has the best stand. Oh, it's good. Have you heard about it? It's a good game. I never heard of it. Well, no. now they got a the. Like, it's not the same developer, but like the Abzu team has that skateboard sand game coming out. That game looks sick. That, yeah. that looks like that's got some good sand in there. It could be a contender. Good, good sand. Yeah, it's um, optim optimistically atlas fallen feels like as you're as i'm playing early i'm like this feels like something that you could get a lot of upgrades for both like your combat and your general movement that i bet okay. at like the seven hour mark i bet you're like moving around and doing a lot of cool stuff because it's all about like right. gliding on top of the sand like you basically it's almost like you just can like hop on like a skateboard i guess you could say at any moment it's kind of what okay. it feels like um, yeah. which is cool. And you can only like, do it I on like sand, that. by the way. Yeah. yeah, which I like that. I like the how that feels like sliding around in sands. I like any game that has good movement mechanics. And this seems like it, you could improve them to a point where they get they get su super fun. But I, I don't... You can launch out of the slide into attacks. Like, you, just, you can slide yeah. up on someone. You and can, like, like, dash. Oh! And then, yeah. Dash in midair and stuff. Like The midair dashing is cool because they're like, yeah. hey, if you keep hitting people, you can, like, extend your uh kind of like how long you're airborne yeah uh, like every time you hit them it sort of refills your like i guess like airborne meter airborne <laughs> for lack juice, of a better term yeah. so there, there was one point during stream where i was like i killed like five people before touching the ground felt pretty see cool. that kind of stuff's cool there's there's something there but yeah it's there's a lot to fight against i mean this this is a crazy year and also like a crazy time like we're heading into the september october november zone yeah uh, so it's gonna be splash zone yeah it's tough for any game to sort of to stand out um and i don't know this that it will but um i i was somewhat you know i think market it's it's sort of a it's a it's like a boring thing to say but i 100 percent 
agree with you, Marcus. I'm not saying what you were saying is boring. I'm just saying it's accurate of like, it's fine. Like it, that was like the yeah. big thing. It's like, it all seems to pretty interesting. It's, it's kind of like, right. uh, like almost like a good, like palate cleanser or like a, um, like you're, you know, like you're itching for something like this, but maybe at the moment there isn't anything like this of like a good open world action game that maybe has like a unique gimmick. Like maybe I've, I've finished all the ones that I want to play right now, but I'm kind of itching for one more before the next one of these that's like bigger and better comes along. Like I'll <laughs> squeeze this one in. You're done yeah, with Tears of the Kingdom, but you're not quite ready for Starfield. Uh, and you yeah. fell off of Forspoken after an hour. <laughs> Let me introduce you to Atlas. Ball. Is this the best talking glove sidekick game of the year? Which we should honestly might, we might have to have that as a category if this keeps up. I mean, even Tears yeah. of the Kingdom could fall in that category. You know, it's like, uh, does your hand talk to you? I guess you can summon I mean, people out of yeah. your hand. It's yeah. someone else's arm that does communicate with you early in the game. <laughs> that actually, so. it's a good. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's. Oh man. Yeah. This is the time loop here, but now it's talking yeah hand. the talking yeah. hand here talking, hand, yeah. talking appendage yeah <laughs> i think that that could be the good the good award nice well best, best appendage oh, okay but yeah atlas fallen gets that not actively terrible kind of <laughs> you know, like there's, yeah. it's out it's for somebody out there or it's you just got to decide if that's you i don't know sure this sure. game's not on game pass and there's a part of me that's like would say like good game pass game <laughs> right uh, like something say. you may not want to splurge and I, I don't even think it's full sure. price i want to say it's like 50 bucks but i might be wrong um but like you might not be motivated to buy it but you're like yeah that's okay i'll check it out it's interesting enough to where i'll play the first few hours see if it yeah clicks well cool well uh before we wrap up the show i want to hear about uh the tmnt movie TMNT movie. Oh yeah, we, we do you know what TMNT quick. stands yeah. for, Alex? Uh, I I've heard it's uh, Teenage Mutant Turtles, Hero okay. Turtles, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Oh, okay. oh. they had a niche now. <laughs> that's wow. that's what they're called in Europe because like they couldn't use the word ninja Wait, in children's. Real? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so it's TMHT. Yeah, I think they've probably oh, relaxed on it now. I'm, I'm sure to sound like a drug. I'm sure Mutant Mayhem <laughs> is called that in Europe, but like the cartoon show in the '80s in Europe, it was called Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Yeah. Oh wow, huh. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, yeah, I it, it's a good movie. It's the best TMNT movie. I know that oh, bar really? isn't exactly very high. Yeah, like not even because like a even the. Yeah. yeah, like even the 90s ones that we all grew up with and love, it's like, objectively, are they great movies or do we just love them because we were kids and we just have that attachment? Because I was, I still think that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 was a fun movie and I know everyone hates that movie and I can recognize that that movie's bad, but like I, my nostalgia makes me like, like it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But like the Michael Bay stuff, I, and Grant, I only saw the first Michael Bay movie, but I was just so not into it. No, this 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 movie this again this year is insane because like i went and saw across the spider-verse and i was like my god that's the best movie i've seen in years and then i went and saw barbie movie and i'm like my god that's the best movie i've seen since across the spider-verse and then i went and saw oppenheimer and i'm like my god this is the best movie i've seen <laughs> since barbie and which i saw two hours Mayhem ago impossibly fits into that sort of description where it's like my god this is like one of the best movies of the year it's been a good year for me i've been to the theater this year more times than maybe in the last 10 years like i've seen yeah. a lot even, of stuff in the even beyond covid right but like yeah, honestly yeah i like i would put it i know marcus you and i've talked about this a bit but like spider-verse is amazing like just one of the best sort of movies ever animated or otherwise and like 
I would put Mutant Mayhem up against it of just like a great visually interesting adaptation of a beloved franchise that also kind of like looks at it from a new perspective and it's just fun and the music is great and it looks cool and like performances are great the performances are great all the like action the scenes are like like i'm so sort of tired of action sequences and movies lately they're just so familiar like marvel fight scenes i like hitting the point where i just want to like fast forward through them but like ninja turtles approaches them in these like new ways that makes them super fun and it's just like I went in with high expectations because the reviews were so good, but like even with those high expectations, I was like, my God, this is like one of my favorite movies of the year. And I, that's me being the highfalutin Oppenheimer Barbie fan too. Yeah. Like I would totally put it alongside those movies as among my favorites. It was fantastic. Did you, did you dress up? What's the dress code for <laughs> team? Is it green shirts and like mask? I wore pink. I, just, I messed up, man. I don't oh, know what I was pink doing. Pink turtle. <laughs> Yeah, Venus from the live action TV show. Well, no, she was actually a light blue for some That's reason. Right. Like so they didn't even stupid. give her her own color. They gave her a light blue. Yeah. I, I'll never understand that decision as someone that watched that entire show as a kid. Pink is like just too obvious. Like they couldn't, it's like we can't do pink. Yellow? Like, well, like there's well, you other colors. not do light blue either. That's a <laughs> way to put her in Leonardo's shadow. Um, yeah, I, um, I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan. I, I guess I think the writing is the thing that stands out. Like the dialogue, it feels so natural, and it's like one of those things where, like the the four turtles, especially, like I like the direction they went with their voices. I think Donatello's is the most surprising for me, like because he sounds so young. Like he sounds even yeah, younger like, than Mikey. He's like a teen yet. whose voice hasn't changed yet, and it's yeah, like, like it he's fits the last in. One. It's so good. Yeah. So I think canonically, Mikey's supposed to be the youngest one, um, but like. Donnie well, kind of feels I mean, like canon's out the window at this point, right? It's every everyone's <laughs> a unique adaptation, but right, right, right. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I think the thing that stands to me, and I think it's something I never really thought about with other with Ninja Turtles as a franchise, is like this feels like the first time where they looked at the teenage part of the title and were like, they're teenagers. Because even like all the turtles, they you could argue they feel like adults, even though they they're do. technically they're always teenagers. played by adults. Yeah, yeah, and they just act grown up enough like the most sort of like teenage they get is just sort of they're like radical dude like that part of them but yeah. like the dude but like i don't know they could also just be like in their early 20s and they just really like surf movies um <laughs> but yeah it's like they actually feel like like kids or like teens and I, I i like that direction for them and like the whole plot of the movie you know not spoiling but just like them wanting to just be accepted by humans and just kind of be regular teenager and go to school. <laughs> it's like, I, I kind of like that while still having like a, the grander sort of like save New York plot. Um, like you mentioned before, the animation's fantastic. And I like, like they're clearly inspired by Spider-Verse, but it looks like oh, yeah. its own thing. Like, it's not like they just took Spider-Verse and put turtles over it. Like the way the characters are, have this sort of like, it almost reminds me of, um, hey arnold a little bit like one of my favorite things about hmm. hey arnold is how everyone looks kind of weird like weird shaped heads and you know obviously arnold himself and funny the movie has a hey arnold reference uh oh it does right yeah, yeah, yeah. which is fantastic uh but like everyone just looks kind of asymmetrical and and just kind of off like the humans and just the different creatures and it's it makes everyone interesting to stare at and you know what's even bigger <laughs> is that somehow this movie manages to per- potentially be like the maybe have the most pop culture references i've ever heard in a single film between like 
things that they're actively calling out combined yeah. with the soundtrack like every song is a licensed song pretty much but it doesn't feel like kind of cynical of like okay we're just shoving brands and like references yeah. here yeah and stuff like, it like does every it doesn't feel like it's going to be outdated next year which is how sometimes huh. those kind of references happen, you know. And a lot of references are dated. Like I mentioned, there was a Hey Arnold reference, and a it kind of showcases like okay, they're the turtles are kind of referencing things that they've just found, like just peeking above the surface and whatever scraps they can. And it's like a mix of like current stuff and then like old stuff, probably for like again older turtles fans like us, where you're like, oh yeah, that was big when the old turtle movies were out, you know. Yeah, it all works. Yeah, yeah. And I kept thinking about that movie as like, this is like the 50th like brand that they've mentioned or like TV show or something, but I'm not like rolling my eyes at it because <laughs> it kind of works. It works in like the context of like the conversations yeah. the or, just, joke, or it's just funny. The joke yeah. is not the reference because that's where the problem comes across yeah, yeah, in movies. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to say something, you know, and that's going to be the punchline. It's right. like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. We need to go, you know, we need to go one level deeper. And I feel like the movie successfully does that. It's like where the joke is the ref is, is like what they're like the Hey Arnold references. It's like they, it's not that they say like, Oh yeah. Hey Arnold. And then like wink at the camera and be like, we all remember Hey Arnold. Right. It's like, they're making a joke about the shape of someone's head, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, it's, that's why it works. Yeah. It's like, I get that. And then you move on and you're like, if you don't get it, it's already over. You'll get the next like five that come in your, your way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a, it's just a, it's a fun movie. It's, it's got some like, uh, it's some pretty good, like, poignant moments in there that i appreciated uh especially stuff they do with april yeah it's it's fun man like i even if you're not a turtles fan i mean this is probably as good a place as any to like get into the turtles if you've never like gotten the hype behind them this will probably do it for you it's just a great coming of age teenage high school movie with like cool combat (laughs) (laughs) and giant reptiles yeah Yeah. also shout out to jackie chan man he killed it as splinter i thought he was great yeah he also has jackie chan love him to death he's getting too old to do the old school jackie chan fight scenes you know he basically yeah. gets an old school Jackie Chan fight scene yes. in this movie as Splinter. I, you can oh, tell cool. the love that they yeah. have for Jackie Chan when they give him his fight scene because it's not like any other fight scene. It is no. very much a Jackie, is a Jackie Chan, Chan style Chan fight. fight scene, and it's like this is perfect because we can't. He can't do it anymore. It, God bless him. Like I don't expect him to. He certainly deserves to chill out now these days. But it's like Just sit in it's the boat's nice. Booth. Yeah, it's nice that we can see it in animation <laughs> and it comes through. It's like oh yeah, this is a this is an old school Jackie Chan fight scene. I love it. Yeah, and he's a rat. Remember the rat talisman and Jackie Chan Adventures? What that did? No, I don't. Oh, <laughs> um, wow! You gave me a flashback to Jackie. Chan <laughs> yeah. <Adventures. laughs> We're talking about copious references. It was like brain blast. <laughs> I don't remember what the talisman did, but uh, but I just the concept of remembering that show. I'm gonna. It's a. Uh, it's the one that. Uh, hold on. I'm gonna read it for you. That now. show was so good. It was an amazing show. If you've never seen it, it's still worth watching. It was way better than you, it probably had any right to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was the power of animation. Ah, yeah. So it, okay. Like it could bring. It could anim- bring. It could bring, bring things to life. Inanimate objects to life, basically. Yeah. So yeah. like you know he's in it. He's animated in this movie. Wow. They, oh. There you go. But anyway, wow. full recommendation. Great movie. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to wrap up the show here. I do want to do uh, some listener questions on the next episode. I know we've got one from Mash Start Button we're going to talk about. But, um, yeah, if you've got questions for the show this uh, next week about recent games or upcoming games, um, 
you want our thoughts on or you have games um go and leave us a, a question in the discord um or email us podcast at gameinformer.com and uh, we'll be sure to include it next week do you want to give a shout out to uh the fellas here make sure you go and follow them uh in their work on social media you can follow kyle at kyle m hilliard and you can follow marcus at marcus stewart seven you can follow me at it's van aiken be sure to uh get a physical uh magazine issue if you'd like our sonic the hedgehog or sonic superstars uh hardcovers are now available physical physical issues are now available at gamestop.com slash game informer for $5.99 a piece or you can head in store and you should be able to find one uh, they've been doing a good job of keeping uh, physical editions stocked at store locations lately we've got we've got anecdotes from across the u.s that that is that is in fact happening um, sweeping so the nation yeah sweeping the nation uh you can go in store and get them for six bucks a pop great way to support us of course you can get a digital subscription for all that info head over to gameinformer.com slash magazine be sure to follow our twitch channel twitch.tv slash gameinformer and our youtube channel youtube.com slash gameinformer got a lot of great video content uh that's happening it's coming up and uh yeah uh be sure to follow game informer on threads and blue sky and as all on X, all, all the places. Um, and then lastly, uh, shout out to our podcast editor, Matt Storm, a.k.a. DJ Stormageddon. They host uh, the Fun and Games podcast and a Bioware podcast called Reignite. Uh, and if you're looking for more video game podcasts, go check out All Things Nintendo, uh, which is our other weekly podcast hosted by Brian Shea. All right, that's going to do it for the show this week. It's good to be back. Excited for next week. I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a pretty big week. I'm trying to think ahead. Um, the, all, the the onslaught of uh, summer and fall games are here, uh, so it's bound to be a good time. Uh, leave us a review if you like the show. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.